even though no one pursues. But the righteous, he's bold as a young lion. So God is likened to a lion. Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, is likened to a lion. And you and me are supposed to be lions. And um, I don't know about you, but um, I like to watch these uh, animal planet shows or or, uh, or what are they called? This, uh, yeah, there are all kinds of them here in America too. But when I'm on a vacation, I like to crawl up in bed together with my sons. I got two, two sons, Maria and my daughter Alicia. They don't understand why we like it so much. But I like to just sit and watch lions tear antelopes to pieces. How many of you, how many of you can relate to this? How many of you men in here can relate to this? Or, or sharks just, you know, all of a sudden you see half fishes trying to swim around. How many of you love that kind of stuff? I love that stuff. And, um, yeah, and, um, and I was watching one of those animal shows about lions um, at one of our vacations. And I could never forget because they talked about the why lions roar. Why do lions roar? And I would like to go through that with you here this morning. Can I do that? Lions roar for three reasons mainly. There are more, but there are three things. And I hope you will never ever forget it. Lions roar, number one, for territorial reasons. Is that how you say it in English? Territorial reasons. That means they tell the other lions, this is my territory. Watch out because this is my territory. And I think that um, when you hear a lion roar, I don't know if you've heard a lion roar, but that's, very, that, that's fantastic. I slept in the Maasai Plains, one in a little tent, <laughs> southern Kenya, and I heard a lion roar. I mean, this was not at a zoo. How many of you get what I'm saying? <laughs> the lions were actually there. And I, had just, I just thought I would go pee, you know, I would go take a leak, but... I thought, no, I'll probably stay in here, you know, do that in the morning when the sun has come up, because they are mighty when they roar. You can hear them on a five-mile radius, a lion that roars, and they do that for territorial reasons. They, they tell the other lions, they tell the other animals that this is my area. And then number two, a lion roars to signal security and safety to their pride. I love that so much. Um, the presence of a dad. Uh, establishing presence. Um, they tell their pride, calm down, I'm here. They tell their cubs, don't be afraid, daddy is around. I'm right here. And then number three. Lions roar because it's a matter of life and death. When a lion stops roaring, it's, he is about to die. Uh, when he roars, the other males knows that he is still active. He can still take care of his pride. He can take care of himself. But when he stops roaring, the other has to, he has to go out to a desolate place and lay down and die. Or he's going to be killed by another male. And when I was meditating on these three things, I said, isn't that exactly how it is with us men? This is just the way it is with us men. And this is how we're supposed to function. And uh, 
in this time and era where, where the metrosexual culture is about to take over almost. Can we talk about this for a while? Huh? Skinny jeans and I don't know what goes on, you know. I happen to be that age where you would never ever get it on me, you know. I fight you with everything I got. Yeah, some of those millennials, you know, they, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, let's not go there too, too much. Let's not, but um, we are in a time and era where, where boys don't know how to be men anymore. How many of you would agree with me? We are in a time and an era where, where we are not even allowed to teach our boys to be men. Would you agree? So they become very, very confused about what it is to be a man. Um, <laughs> yeah, we laugh so much about it in Stockholm because I go shopping at this little place and there's a homosexual guy there who, who, is, who is in charge of that shop. And he always flirts with me when I come in. And I always tell him, first of all, you're not my type. I've told you that like a thousand times. And then secondly, I, always ha I already have a crush on a man. His name is called Jesus Christ. And then number three, I am a pastor. I mean, you should try some other hunting grounds, you know. <laughs> so, but I always ask him now when I come in, I say, where are the men's clothes? They are right here, sir. No, I don't see. I just see skinny jeans and, you know, kind of. Show me the men's clothes. <laughs> now, but we live in a time and an era where, where people are very confused what it is to be a man. And I'm not talking about style or clothes. Now, I'm talking about something else. I'm not talking about what you look like. I'm talking about something else. When I grew up, we grew up very dysfunctional in a way. I come from the south, from the south of Europe. And uh, my dad, he literally taught me to fight. That was part of my upbringing. In the kitchen, he said, it's better you have a nosebleed in the kitchen than you have it out there. Not everything of, 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 of how he raised me was good. But it, it, it was just something that a, a man should protect. A man should stand up for things. And I remember... When I was 19 years old, I've told this story a couple of times. I even wrote it down in a book that I wrote uh, about family. And when I was 19 years old and we went behind a school to take a leak, me and a friend. And we saw eight boys trying to rape a girl that was 14 years old. And we went into that fight. And, uh, and until this day, and I would tell this story everywhere. I'm super proud of every bruise I had that day. Why? Because I am a man. I'm super proud of, of every cut and every bruise that I received that day. Because we saved the dignity of that young girl. And we fought with everything we had. And we managed to chase these eight boys off. And we were celebrated in my family. We were celebrated. But in this time and era, there's so many people, they're just turning away. They're walking away. They're not men anymore. And we need to, to speak encouragement to men. And that's why you have this men's breakfast, isn't it? We need to speak encouragement to men to be husbands, to be dads, to be men for real. 
We need to roar for territorial reasons. This is what God has given me. This is my territory. This is where I stand. Watch, isn't it? We need to roar to tell our families that daddy is around. I loved when my, my, uh, my daughter was in America for a year for high school. She did an exchange year here in America. And she came back home again. And, and this came so spontaneous for, for, from her. She came up for breakfast and I had been praying in the morning in the kitchen. And she said, Dad, you don't know how good it is to be home again. And wake up to hear you praying in tongues in the kitchen. And that blessed me so much. What was that? Well, she would wake up in her bed and, and she would feel safe. Because a lion was roaring. Someone was praying for the family. Someone was taking responsibility. And I think that we need to signal security and safety to our pride. To our family. By being men of courage. By being men that takes responsibility. And I'd like to say today that when you stop roaring, it's a matter of life and death. Don't stop being a man. Be a man. Be proud of being a man and stand up. I want to read this scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm choking up here because the, 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 the Holy Spirit is whispering on my inside as I stand here. And you know what he's saying? Continue. Because this is getting lost in our generation. This is getting lost. Continue, Johannes. Continue to speak strength to the spirit of the man. Are you hearing me? Continue to speak strength to the spirit of the man. Paul describes to us what a man is. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, 14, he says to men, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. And be strong and do everything in love. Did you hear that? Let's read it again. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. And be men of courage. Be strong and do everything in love. Here you got it. This is what a, a biblical man is, right? It's written right here. He guards, number one. He stands firm in his belief and in his faith. He doesn't weaver all the time. He has convictions. Didn't you like that movie? I mean, if you're someone that takes to arms or, 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 or if you're someone that doesn't take to arms, like this movie that just came out that Mel Gibson directed, Hacksaw Ridge, you know? No matter what your stance are, but at least you are standing for your stance. Does that make sense? A man has convictions. He's firm in his faith. And he stands. And then uh, he is a man of courage. And he speaks courage. And he breeds courage to people around him. And he's strong. And he's full of love. Full of love. Because he wants to breed security to wife and to kids. And to those that he's been put to look after. So uh, these two verses here, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, 
be men of courage and be strong and do everything in love. These were the two verses that I wanted to speak into your spirit. Be someone that guards. Be someone that is firm in your faith. Be someone that courages others. And be someone that is strong. And also full of love. All right? This is what it is to be a biblical man. And we need to encourage one another to be just this. There are times when you need to roar, right? You need to roar for, for a son in school. I'll never forget when I, I, called a, I called a teacher up. It's very seldom I do this. But they had made fun of one of my kids at school because on a straight question, one of my kids had, had, had said that, you know, it's not natural to be homosexual. And uh, they said, do you think they are dirty? Do you think they are? And they, they would have continued with a lot of questions. No, 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 I'm just saying I don't think it's natural. And I asked again and again, how did you say it? How did it come across? Because we love all people. And we, and we want to be loving and kind. But when I found out that my child had just taken a stand, I was very proud. And then, uh, uh, yeah, they had despited and, 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 and made fun of my child. And I, I had to take a stand. So I called the teacher up. And I said, I would love to debate you in front of the entire school. My child comes from a Christian conservative home. And now I wonder, I know you're trying to defend minorities, but you were picking on the only minority you had in the class. So should we talk about democracy and rights? And I will be ready to do that. You know, here in Louisiana, it's different than it is in Stockholm. My daughter was the only Christian in her class. My son was the only Christian in her class. So I said, you're trying to defend the minority and you're picking on the only minority you have. So let me, let me get there. Let me have a debate with you guys. And it was a pretty sharp argument over the phone. But it all came down to that they had to publicly, um, uh, publicly ask for forgiveness to a child. And I love that, that we sometimes we have to roar. Sometimes we have to take a stand. Sometimes we should not be silent. Are you hearing me? When it comes to defending dignity, defending the right. Uh, and we have the right to have biblical views, isn't it? We have the right to have biblical opinions. And we have the right to, to believe what we believe. Territorial reasons. Security and safety. And because it is a, a matter of life and death. Don't ever stop to roar, men. Be men. Be men of courage. Stand up for something. And that's the same, you know, when, when um, we had this debate in Sweden. I don't know if that is even relevant to you, but the bells of the churches were not allowed to sound. But, um, but the Muslims were allowed to, to have the minarets. That was another time when we just had to take a stand. We just had to talk. We just had to say, come on now. Let's talk about this and take a stand. And so on and so on. And I believe that it's time 
for us to be Christian men of courage, Christian men on guard, Christian men strong, full of love, but at the same time speaking truth. I remember um, I took a big team with me uh, to Ethiopia uh, on a mission trip. And, uh, and they understood very soon that not everyone loved us preaching the gospel. Uh, they were throwing rocks at the team. And one time they were chasing the team in a village. And, and then some guys asked me, so, so what are we to do if it really gets, you know, ugly? And I answered without a flinch. Then you fight like the men you are. But we are missionaries, they said. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> and some people think that there is a contradiction here, but there isn't. There isn't. You can preach the gospel of love, isn't it? You can preach the gospel of grace, of forgiveness. But there are also times when we got to defend what's ours and what's holy and what we cherish. And, 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 and only a real man of God will know when what is what. When it's time to turn the other cheek and when it's not. When it's time to stand up. And I think that the Holy Spirit is the best guide here. And the Holy Spirit is our guide. And he helps us. There are times when you just have to stand up and walk away. And that's the most manly thing to do, isn't it? But there are also times when you got to take a stand. Defend what's right and holy. I was in the subway train. That will probably be the last, um, the last story I tell before I'm going to pray with you guys. I was in the subway train in Stockholm, Sweden. And there was uh, three young girls. There was a high school traveling on the subway train. And there were three young girls um, that, uh, that, that answered their teacher back in this uh, subway train in a way that I didn't like. <laughs> One of the girls said, shut up, you whore, she said to her teacher. And she cussed, and uh, the teacher was looking the other way, obviously ashamed. There was a packed subway train, and immediately I, I couldn't hold it. <laughs> I couldn't. I stood up and I said, "Hey, girl, you better ask your teacher for forgiveness right now, or I'm throwing you off the train." <laughs> and she said, "Her." You know, she was 15 or 16. She said, so, so who are you? Well, I'm the mean dad you've never had. And I'm the dad that will raise you here and now in front of all these people for not knowing how to respond to your teacher. You don't call your teacher a whore. You don't speak like that in public. I'm right here. So you ask for forgiveness or the next station, you're off this train. She looked around and she tried to find comfort from the other people in the train, but everyone was looking out the window. And some people were probably looking out the window, praying on the inside. Thank you, God. You know, even the atheists were praying on the inside. Thank you, God, that there's a man on this train. And I could see an old lady. She was amused. Have you, can, can, can you see her? She was sitting. 
She loved it. I can tell you that that lady, she was 80 years old. She had a crush on me that day. She, she loved me. And then all of a sudden, she, she starts to cry. And she says, okay, forgive me. And then I turned like this. I said, you're a good girl. That was beautiful, Dom. Now continue to behave. And what happened in that train was remarkable. Because there was an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit established in that train immediately. Just because someone was a man. Are you getting what I'm saying? I feel very tempted to tell one more story. Shall we do that? I was in this airplane from Norway to Sweden. And there were all these soccer fans, you know. We don't play football. We play soccer. You play. But anyhow... And they had been drinking too many beers. How many of you know, you know how it is? When they, they had, they had they, I mean, they were probably good men, most of them, but they'd been drinking too many beers. And now they were screaming and shouting and falling all over that plane. And there was this poor little seven-year-old girl with a sign on her chest. I don't know if you do that in America. But you're allowed to fly by yourself to go see your grandmama or someone. If you have a sign like this, you're accompanied by the, plane, you know, by the steward on the plane. And they can, then they come pick you. And then you meet with grandma or whoever it is. On the, so she had this big sign. Said her name. And, and she was going to sit in the middle of these soccer fans. I mean, it was horrible. They were screaming and shouting and spilling beers. And here sat this little girl. She was about to cry. Can you see her? And I saw the whole thing. So I asked, could you put me in the seat next to that girl? I asked the steward. Because she is obviously in the wrong place. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take care of that. So she shifted one of the guys out that was screaming the whole way. <laughs> and they sat me next to him. And that was a beautiful plane ride because it started out like this. They were all screaming and shouting and being raw in their mouths. And I asked the little girl, so are you going to draw something for me? Yeah, she would like to draw something for me. She was drawing to me and, and I was commenting on it. And I said, oh, so where are you going? I'm going to see my grandma in Stockholm. Yeah, really? And I talked and... The more I talked with this girl, the more it became calm. And the more I talked with this girl and our conversation, it got calm. Until everyone was just sitting quiet. And I know what was going on. Husbands. Big brothers. Are you here? Fathers. Felt on the inside. I'm out of line. I'm out of line. This man is a real man. He takes his responsibility. He protects this girl right now. And just by me acting very natural, but without flinching, I calmed some 20 guys down just by being full of love. And I think that's how we ought to be. In the locker room. Are you here? When people talk. The way they should not talk. 
Are you here? In the barracks, when people talk the way they shouldn't talk. Just be who you are, full of Christ's love. Be that equalizer. Be that someone, you know, that, that calms people down. Be that someone that establishes presence, Holy Spirit presence, that establishes security and, 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 and breeds something that this world needs. We don't need the macho type of, you know, the macho type of, of manhood that is, how, how, how should we, how should I explain that in English? That, that is, um, uh, that is perverted again. We need the Christ-like manhood, isn't it? Well, that's what we need, the Christ-like manhood. So men of God, I want to speak to you today. Be husbands. Be parents. Be big brothers. Be men of courage. Be loving. Be strong. Be firm in your faith. Do you hear me? Take a stand when it's needed. And be encouragers. Let's stand up on our feet here. Father, I pray right now for every man in this room this morning. Let them roar like lions. Let's hold out our hands to God and just surrender to God. Because a real man knows how to surrender to God. He knows how to be humble in front of God. Father, here we are in front of you this morning. To seek your guidance. To seek your presence in our lives. Father, here we are this morning. I pray that you will give each and every man, young, middle-aged and old in this room, courage to continue to roar. Let them roar. Taking care of their pride. Taking care of what you gave to them. Establishing presence. Establishing Holy Spirit presence. Let them roar, Father, because it is a life. It is a matter of life and death. Let us roar for righteousness. Let us roar boldly and strong. Let us stand up for the weak. Let us roar, Father, I pray. I thank you, Father, that you are a lion that roars. We have to prophesy when we hear you roar. I thank you that your son, Jesus Christ, came to roar and scare the devil and win the victory. And I thank you that we can roar. Father, encourage all these men today. Encourage them right now. Fill them with strength and power right now. Fill them right now with courage, with strength. I'm not going to invite you to come to the front because I know this is one of those mornings when each and every one would like to come to the front and bow their knees to God. But just put out your hands in front of you. Put them out in front of you because right now we're going to pray. Right now, put out your hands in front of you. Lift up your face to the Lord and say, Here I am, Lord. I humble myself before you. Help me to be a man. Help me to be a man of God. Help me to be husband. Help me to be father. Help me to be a big brother. Help me to be, oh, that man that you created me to be. The Holy Spirit will fill you right now. The Holy Spirit will come upon you right now. The Holy Spirit will, will breathe His presence upon you right now. If 
feel the power of the Holy Spirit here. Very, very strong. Hold out those hands. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you according to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Father, I pray that all these men will be on guard. Let them stand firm in their faith and in their beliefs. Let them be men of courage. Let them be strong. And let them do everything in love. Fill them right now with Christ's love. Fill them right now. And make them strong and powerful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.